This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This time at the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show, we talk with mastermind behind space machine imagery, Root de Corta from Netherlands, Europe. We discuss his inspiration for photography, the nature of collaboration, finding good artists and costumers, and the power of a good camera with Adobe Lightroom. I'm your host, Derek Runderking Fisk, and this is the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show number 83. Hi, Eric. It's Ruth de Corte. It's great to, to have a chat with you today. You know, thank yeah. you for answering our, I guess it's our verbal ad saying, hey, listen, if you want to come on the show, let us know. And uh, Thank you very much for the invitation. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. Well, let's get let's get started by uh, just jumping in and telling folks uh, a little bit about yourself and and um, what, what is it that you do for the diesel punk community? <laughs> um, I um, I was starting my photography in 2010. Um, at, in that year, I came familiar with uh, with with the fantasy scene in the Netherlands. And my first initial uh, interest was steampunk, uh, but it took not many years not, not many time not much time before i discovered diesel punk which is i think uh, way more interesting than um, than than steampunk uh, so my contribution for the diesel punk community it is little meaning uh, i do my thing i do my photography with with the the models i know um, we we are a, a small community and we're just having fun uh, I, I admire the way that the models always are very original in creating their costumes, and I do my best to make some some good uh, photos of it and publish them. Um, so yeah, that's basically it. I'm, I'm for three years. I'm really into diesel punk. It's not unsubstantial. It's actually pretty terrific i looked at the the catalog of images that you have mm -hmm. and you have so much going on whereas it's like you have um just just to play with light and and the and, and the focusing it's it's very very highly professional looking i think that that's one of the things that's that struck me about it and it was um do you have any kind of like commercial purpose for this or do people reach out to you and say hey we want to hire you to do this that and and the other thing for us yes i do have i, I have uh, i've raised my own company um 2014 because i figured out that uh, it was quite popular i mean if you if you uh, google my name uh, then immediately the, the images uh, pop up so uh, i'm doing something good and um, I, I, I raised my own company because I thought it's going to be a success. And it, it is. Um, I cannot live of it. Uh, I have a job beside of it, but um, people are asking me uh, to come along on their festival in Europe. Mm -hmm. I, tra I travel around in, in uh, Switzerland and uh, Germany, Belgium, uh, and every year now I go to the UK, uh, to Wales. Uh, I've been in Doncaster at a fantasy festival. So uh, I'm giving workshops about my photography. My, my network of actors and models is, is quite vast. Um, so, yes, it, it, it brings my photography brings me everywhere. Uh, as, and as, as I said, I cannot live off it. Uh, I, have, I have a steady job uh, beside of it, but uh, it's... It, fun to do and uh, it brings me a lot it brings me a lot for me personally and um, it, it is true that I'm using the the light in a professional way I, I am uh, a professional I have a professional education in um, um, in, in the School of Graphic Arts so I, I know what I'm doing <laughs> one of the things that I'm I know that everybody is dying to know um, especially our listeners to the show. What is it 
what is it about steampunk and diesel punk that is so different for you? And because a lot of people can't really sort of tell the difference, but obviously people like like we can, we can actually tell the difference. What is the difference between steampunk and diesel punk and what does it mean to you? Um, well, the short answer is there's a difference of 50 years between steampunk and diesel punk. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. The long answer is uh, when somebody comes to me and asks me to explain diesel punk or steampunk, that doesn't matter which, I show them a photo of me and then I say, this is it. And then they're silent for a while, they look at it and they say, yes, but what is it? And that's where I can, where I always say, well, exactly, this is it. Uh, you, you look at it, you are silent, your brain is a bit confused because you see things from the future in a color scheme of the past um, mixed and combined with something you can't explain really what it is and at the same time you see you feel fairly very familiar with with what you see so it's future and past uh, at the same time in one image and uh, that is something I always try to accomplish with my photography I mean it's very easy to to make a portrait of someone but to to get the whole picture in a in a beautiful surrounding that is something which adds always to the drama now if you go back to the to the steampunk thing it's always the victorian era it's always the uh, yeah the, those typical uh, corsets and and the stuff from the victorian era era which which makes it uh, typically steampunk to me and diesel punk it's uh, uh, 50 years later and it has a much more futuristic way uh, f to 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 visualize um, there were no there were no diesel punk engines in the steampunk era so right, right. Um, yeah it's it's for me it's it's really uh, um, it's hard to explain <laughs> it, it is really the difference be between the Victorian era and uh, the 40s or late 30s and that is in the end it is the same it's future and past at the same time right, but yeah. I, I like much more the the color schemes of the of the diesel punk uh, era because it's it has not only this brownish and uh, like steampunk has, but it has more the, the the colorful things, which I think is more suitable for my photography. Do you also sort of get the feeling like I get with diesel punk is like there's a, a sense of like longing or belonging to that era, whereas is like uh, somebody had made a quote that the past is a different country. And um, it just seems like there's a sense of belonging there for me at least do you feel that way too with diesel punk more than steampunk nobody asked me this ever before i, I don't feel uh like i um no i don't feel attracted to to wear an outfit like uh diesel punk or steampunk but if i had to choose then i choose more the diesel punk way so uh longing to the era i don't know because it's it's um it's not that long ago and not that long ago uh, it was also a time with a lot of political troubles and uh and and everything so i prefer the the luxury of today <laughs> yeah so, so i i think you no know, in, in a way diesel punk um yeah, what I said, I, I okay, I'm longing more for the diesel punk era than for the steampunk era. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, now, is there a certain aspect of the diesel punk aesthetic that you actually gravitate towards more? Is it more like the, the, the style aesthetic, like the casual wear, or is it the, the quasi-pseudo-military um, look that you, you, you're shooting for? I, I think more to the point is, is that is there a certain flavor of diesel punk that you like the most? Um, I prefer to have uh, people in front of my camera who are in control. They have the situation in control. And it doesn't matter how worse the environment is, like the old brick buildings and the deteriorating whatever. Uh, at that moment when they are in front of the lens they are in control of the situation and it doesn't matter if it's if if there are men or women 
uh, fact is uh, it's 90% women I have in front of my mm -hmm, hands. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I like the, the, the strict thing about it. And it doesn't matter if it's military or, or, or whatever. Uh, it's, it's the control thing, which I think is very... Um, uh, adds to the diesel punk situation because um, you have to be in control in an in a world where future and past are present at the same time. I want to also sort of ask you about your locations. Um, you you do take these great photographs in places that are just simply incredible. How how do you go about finding your locations and your, <laughs> and, and your scenes? That's the secret. No, it's not the secret. Um, how to put... Because I was starting with my photography in 2010, I thought that I have to be in the real thing. I don't want to use Photoshop for creating different backgrounds. Because if I create different backgrounds, which is very easy, of mm -hmm. course, with Photoshop, uh, then I'm busy in an uh, from a technical point of view. From a technical point of view, I have to think I want to have this factory, and uh, then I want the model to standing to be here. I want the lights coming from there, and then I'm thinking about how to create an image, and that is something I dislike because then I'm busy with a from a technical point of view. Uh, for for example, I don't use Photoshop. I do have Photoshop, but but I. I use Photoshop only for, for removing things, but never to add things. And so that's the, the reason why I had something like, the, well, the, the decor, it's, it's, it has to be real. Yeah. Okay, so um, from that point of view, then you have to find out where are these locations. And that was really uh, changing my the way I'm looking at the world. Uh, before I, I was just a, an ordinary citizen, but now I look from yeah from a different uh, from a photographer perspective, and you can change the way you are looking um, at at the world by by uh, I mean Google is your friend. Just just yeah. type in uh, the Tory rating buildings or. Um, uh, whatever right 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 <laughs> yeah in the end i ended up with some locations which are really existing like uh, there is an image where you see a lot of uh, pipes in, in industrial plants um this is an this is in germany and it's two hours drive from my from my house um and it's it's a factory which they were closing down uh, around the 1970s, as, as I recall. And somebody said, well, maybe we should keep this place intact. So it's a complete uh, plant. Um, you can climb in everywhere. Uh, it's, it's open to the public. Uh, they hired in a landscape architect, and he decided, well, these building and these building, we, we let them rot down. They 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 uh, they will deteriorate in the end, and they will they will uh, vanish. Uh, we place some trees over here and there, and so this is a, a landscape, a new landscape created of a of a of a plant which is actually shut down. So that that's one of the examples I uh, I use, and for the rest it's. Uh, yeah, looking around and, and um, having contacts, and um, I always visit the the locations first before I start shooting with the model. Um, I, I do a good preparation always for for yeah for doing the the right things. Um, there are also uh, factories which are closing down or are. Um, uh, how do you say it? Uh, they they are they are demolishing. Uh, because they're building new houses over there. Um, it's just uh, have a good eye, have a good ear, have a good network, and then you find these locations. They are really existing. Yeah. Because the locations that I'm looking at here for the diesel punk work here, um, the space machines 
diesel punk atomics collection yeah it tells a story but the thing is that it was just like um the story that it tells it it's one half your image and then whatever i bring to the image that i think is really sort of fascinating was there an actual sort of script that you guys were working on or did you guys just say we're just going to take photographs and, and leave it up to the imagination of the viewer. I always work with a, with a, um, a hidden agenda, and there were more photographers over there, and we split up in groups, and um, that's why I found out that uh, this was such a beautiful location and so many good models uh, that I wanted to have my own storyline in between so i it, it was my hidden agenda <laughs> so the thing is that it was just like like this is it this is you just your agenda was to just drop people here and then make our imaginations do all the work it seemed yes exactly uh, because there there was so much there were so much elements which are so cool um for instance, where the, the images where the complete group is starting to walk towards the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, uh, I mean, I, I have a good name with my photography. So mm -hmm. uh, everybody wants to be in my photos. So it's very easy for me at that time then to say, okay, everybody stand together, take your weapon and walk towards the camera. Don't look into the lens, but look in front of you. And that's the way how this image uh, was made. And it, it took me 20 or 30 seconds. And I had then about four or five photos. And this is the one which is, uh, yeah, which I was very uh, satisfied of. So I think that the other thing that I'd like to actually ask you about, something that you had mentioned earlier, um, you, you don't use Photoshop. And I'm looking at a lot of the, um, uh, just the colors and the, and, and the, the way that you uh, go about these photographs. I'm just, I'm just curious. Is like, do you use special lens filters or how, how do you get the, these effects without giving away this, the, the recipe to your secret sauce? <laughs> um, let me think. I, I don't use analog filters or something like that. I do have a, a, a Nikon D300 and a D500 since a short time. Um, I do have some good lenses. Uh, I don't use. I seldom use uh, tele lenses. I do have some good portrait lenses, and I. Uh, I use the, the wide angle uh, quite a lot. Um, I shoot in RAW, and my main editing program is Adobe Lightroom. Okay. Because Lightroom is, yeah, I think it's a perfect program because of the, 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 the library thing. Um, I think about 90%, 85-90% of my all my photos are done in Lightroom. I make my presets on my own, mm -hmm. I, cre I create them, um, and then the other 10% I do have some third-party programs. Uh, I like the, the uh, Topaz Labs. The, all the products of the of the old Topaz Labs, I I think they are incredible because they they bring you the the the, the sharpness and the the pseudo um, uh, HDR effects uh, way better than 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 Photoshop can do. And the most important to me is uh, software is a tool. So I want to shape something with with with. Uh, with that tool, and so I am in a, always in a creating a creative process. So the software has to uh, has to have creative tools, and that's what I said. If, if I if I use Photoshop, I have to think in layers and different backgrounds and masking. And um, Topaz Labs doesn't uh, it 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 does offer the 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 gradients, but uh, yeah, it's 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 more in a uh, in a creative way, Photoshop is too technical, and and I I can say that because I I worked with Photoshop on a professional level for four years and years and years. But uh, yeah, 
now I can do whatever I want, I can be creative, and then I need creative software. And it took me quite a while to, to find out which software is the best for me, for my personal workflow. So uh, it's, it's basically what I said, 80%, 90%, it's Lightroom, and the other 10% is uh, Topaz Labs, all the plugins from Topaz Labs. Sounds like yeah, it sounds like a um, not a commercial, but a testimonial to how how great that they do with all the work that you've done. One of the things I'd also like to ask you is uh, about the work process with um, with your models and the collaboration. Uh, how, how do you how do you find the people with um, these talented artists who also happen to be models. How, how do you find these people? That's quite easy in the Netherlands. I don't know if it's how it is in, in, in other countries, but we do have these fantasy festivals. And on a fantasy festival, everybody comes in, uh, if it's a, a, a vampire or, or a steampunk and anything in, in between. And um, they walk around in a beautiful environment uh, with a castle uh, and it lasts for a weekend and in a weekend we have 20,000 people walking along 20,000 20, people meaning uh, people who are dressed, people who are uh, uh, watchers and uh, photographers so um, when walking around, I spot some people which I think, well, they look beautiful, they have a good outfit. And then you ask to someone uh, if it's okay to take some photos uh, of them. I develop them, I exchange my, my, my business cards, or uh, nowadays uh, I don't use business, card, business cards anymore, it's all done by, um, by the uh, social media. Uh, I send the photo to the, the model. And if I get a wow, then uh, well, then the first contact is born for the for the second uh, photo shoot. This is how I started in uh, 2010. Uh, just be there, look around, shoot, uh, make contacts, and I can say that within three years I had a a, a good uh, da personal database of uh, of models. And nowadays there. Uh, People are asking me if I want to take a photo of them. Um, so yeah, I think it's um, that's a natural process. Uh, so it's it is it is quite easy in the Netherlands. So um, you reach out to a lot of um, like steampunk groups and conventions and stuff like that, and that's where you get a lot of a lot of your your models. Are there? Do you have a a, a core group of people that you work with? Yes. Yes, I have a core group. Uh, it started all with, with a, a model. Uh, her name is Constance Bashford. Look her up, uh, ConstanceBashford.nl, I thought. Uh, it's, it's the masked, uh, red-haired, uh, dieselpunk model. Um, I, we've met in 2010 without knowing each other. And uh, uh, within, within a year, we, we became friends. And she has a, a, a large database of uh, of, of, um, of people, and uh, also I do have a database. And uh, one year, I was invited to come over to the to the UK. Uh, it is quite a funny story, uh, in fact. Um, I was inv invited to come over to the UK. I, I I offered them to give a workshop about my photography for the photographers. And uh, I would bring along two Dutch models for giving the workshop. And that was okay. So I had two models. Um, Constance was one and, and somebody else. And the somebody else, uh, in, in the end, two weeks before we went off, uh, she couldn't join us. So I had to find a replacer. And it was a big stress. Um, and I contacted about, uh, I think, uh, 45 people, asking them if they were interested to to uh, to come along to the to the UK. And in the end, we found one. Uh, but in the meantime, I had so many uh, contacts uh, of, of models who who were who were seeing my work, and they were really enthusiastic to to uh, to join. But it was not possible because it was short in time, and so. 
Um, yeah, because somebody couldn't join me, uh, I ended up with a large database of uh, of models. Now, do they all have their own um, costumes, or do you also work with other costumers who um, uh, dress and set up your models? Basically, everybody creates their own costume, meaning that some standard things they are bought somewhere online. But the, the, uh, in the end, the, the, the details and such, it's all created by, by themselves. Yeah, I can, I, I, I am always really amazed the, the effort they take into their costumes. And as a tip for photographers, uh, if, if you take a photo of someone, please take a photo of a portrait, but also take a portrait of somebody with the whole costume and the whole outfit, because that is something a model really likes. What other kind of um, things do do models like look for in a photographer? Like, what what do they expect from you in a in a photo shop or a photo shoot, rather? <laughs> what they expect from me, I, I really don't know. Uh, they know what I can do. They know my portfolio. They know my they, they know my my internet site. So they know what they get. Um, I'm always trying to to deliver at least uh, ten or yeah around ten photos of of a model on a sp on a specific photo shoot. Um, yeah, th that that's it. And and if there are special wishes, um, it's mostly because uh, I I do have a special wish because I know the location where we're going to. And uh, I can direct the model of uh, how I want her to be in front of my lens. Is there a lot of prep work that goes on before you do a photo shoot? Do you like gather around to like, do you have a special like uh, a pre-shoot meeting a day or so before? Or do you show up and you just say, hey, let's just do this? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do this. I'm, I'm at my best. In, with unexpected situations, uh, for example, you can never predict the weather uh, in a way. So uh, I have to deal with the situation at that moment and at the, in that point of time. And also the model has to do that. And it's always, uh, we influence each other. I, I, I know exactly what I want at that, at that moment. Um, so I can do those things, and I always stand open for the for the input of the model, and then in the end we create something together. Yeah, that's the way I work. Uh, that see that now that to me is interesting because so many times um, people have to have like days and days of prep work before the actual shoot. But it's interesting to know that you show up and you just you just do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now. Um, how about your influences as a photographer? Are there other photographers that have inspired you? Do you have like some cinematographer that that's kind of like your go-to person as far as like getting inspiration for how you take photographs and then how do you work them in Lightroom? Don't have a, a name. I, I do like the atmosphere of uh, Blade Runner a lot. I do like the way that um, David Lynch gave shape to June, mm -hmm. especially the way he goes along with the costumes and the and, and the colors. Um, I am, for a way, in a way, influenced by a quote of a landscape photographer. Who said you don't shoot a good? Who, sorry, who said you don't shoot a good photo? You create one, you make one, and this is what I do. Um, Ansel Adams, a landscape photographer, he he said this, and I think yeah, that, that's that's it's one of my mottos. Uh, you don't shoot a good photo, you make one, and use this. Um, uh, fantasy is serious business. I always take everything, everybody very serious. Uh, preparations for a photo, um, I, I do have some preparations when I do something in the studio because then I have to uh, think about what I exactly want to do in the studio. 
Um, but I'm not working a lot in the studio. I think one time a year I, I'm, I'm using the studio, which is great fun for me. Um, I also use uh, work a lot with with my my uh, makeup artist. Uh, we we are good friends, and uh, when it goes a little bit bizarre, then uh, it's always our idea to create something uh, mystic or, or extra bizarre. Um, but in general, I just go for it. Uh, I know what I want, and I know uh, how I want the atmosphere to uh, to be in the end at that moment. So I'm I'm quite creative at that point in time, when uh, especially when when there is when I'm um, dependent on the weather conditions. Does that answer your question? It does. It does actually answer answer my questions. Um, now, have, have you ever like run into problems where the weather was just so bad that you said, we're just going to cancel? Or did you just, just kind of say, hey, listen, I know it's snowing and raining, but, you know, let's go for it. Let's see what we can do with this. My first photo shoot with Constance Bashworth was in in Germany at the same location as the other photo you, you've seen from me. Yep. And it was raining cats and dogs. It was pouring down. It was miserable but the location is that big that you can uh, you can find spots which are covered where the rain doesn't come in and if you look very close at some photos from the first uh, from, the, from the first series I think yeah. I didn't put them online for you you can see it's actually actually raining so I'm making use of the weather conditions and it doesn't matter if it's raining or snowing or whatever I always use on that <laughs> uh, uh, th that point in time how the weather conditions are you wrote here anybody can be a model yes you too um, mm -hmm. tell me about that tell me about that philosophy about how anybody can be a model and how, how did you how, how did you come to that conclusion? Well, that is something I I made up when I started uh, shooting in the early days. Uh, I saw a model, and uh, because uh, I liked the outfit, but somebody with a great outfit doesn't mean he's or she is a good model. And in the worst case scenario that I had. Uh, I asked someone, is it okay if I take a photo of you? Yes, it's okay. Uh, where, where do you want me to stand? Okay, I want you to stand there and there, this and that and that. Okay. And then I had someone in front of my camera with a beautiful outfit, but with the mouth half open and uh, uh, shoulders a little bit down. So it was not really showing out. So at that moment, I had, I had to think, well, how do I get someone standing in front of my lens uh, with, with, with a good pose. And I created a, a, a philosophy, a part of psychology around it to, to make someone stand out. For example, um, in this worst case scenario, I had someone uh, and I asked, who are you? What is your character? And the answer was, well, I'm, I just had some things and I combined it and that's it. I said, okay, so how do you feel in this costume? Do you do you think you are a part of a story? Is it is it is it uh, related to to a movie or something? No, no, it's just what I what I said before. I said, okay, now there is there is a, a story and uh, in this story there's a town and in this town there's a major and a villain and a hero. And uh, you name it. Uh, what? Imagine that you are part in this in this story in the town. What kind of character are you? And then he was silent for a while. He said, "Well, then I am the hero." Okay, if you are the hero, stand up like a hero. And he stands up, yeah. stands up fierce, and click there. I have the photo. And it's nice to know that 90% of everybody I have in front of my lens is a hero and 10% is, is the villain. Um, so you, I can really talk someone to, to, a, yeah, to, to taking a pose without that they are aware of that they are really posing at that time. You mentioned just a, a, a second ago 
about the concept of the worst case scenario for a photographer or especially you what is the worst case scenario and what happens um when things go badly and how do you recover from that um i did a photo shoot once and i never published something about it because because of several conditions uh, which I didn't have in full control. And if uh, it ended up with some images which were really good to use, but we never could finish it. It was a storyline uh, from Airship the Peregrine. And Airship the Peregrine is a uh, a group of friends and we discussed about that we were going to do a story by my photos and um, we we had access to everything we had access to a castle we had a uh, we had a, a group of uh, actors uh, we had uh, for the trailer I had a composer who was willing to compose music especially for the for, for the trailer it was uh, broadcasted on um, on, on, a, on a large screen in a video screen on a, on a, a steampunk uh, gathering and uh, people were quite excited about it <clears throat> But I couldn't end it up because of personal things which, which happened at that point in time. And maybe it will be published one day. Uh, but until now, uh, I do have the, the photos. Everybody has seen the photos who should have seen the photos. So there is somewhere uh, a hidden place uh, on, on my PC with uh, about hundred photos, which were, which were never published. The, the the bad thing about this is that it has been a, a few years ago. Uh, the good thing is, it doesn't matter if I publish it in ten years; it will still have this diesel punk look because it's timeless. Uh, so I'm not in a hurry, and I don't feel uh, bad about it because uh, it it will turn out, and everybody understood. Okay, this is a situation which is uh, beyond anyone's control. So uh, this is it, and uh, we just wait until the the good uh, the good news comes that uh, that the storyline of Steam uh, of uh, Airship the Peregrine will go alive. And apparently you have like a um, this one folder of photos that you just you just can't publish. Is it that you won't ever publish them or are you just looking for the right opportunity? I'm looking for the right opportunity. The next obvious question for me is obviously like looking at the, all of the work that you've done and it all has a very cinematic feel. Have you ever wanted to become like a, a cinematographer for like a fantasy film? For sure. <laughs> Who doesn't? That's why, that's why I use the hashtag DOP uh, a lot on my photos, uh, which is the, stands for uh, Director of Photography. So, yes, I, I, I do have uh, knowledge uh, uh, to work in a consistent way with with color schemes and such. So, yes, I, I would I would read that would be a dream. Yeah, that would be a dream. And of course, obviously, um, because you and I are both huge fans of the movie Dune, um, mm -hmm. which really sort of serves as eye candy for those of us who love the book. I bet that you would love to work on a movie uh, with with David Lynch. Are there any other directors that you'd like to work with? No, David Lynch is my my um, it's my holy grail. It's uh, whatever he does in uh, in his films. I think it's it, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Yes. Um, now the thing is, is that now that I know that you're a fan of Dune, I want to pick your brain for a couple of hours on, on the movie. <laughs> Would you consider David Lynch's Dune diesel punk? Wow, for some parts. Yeah, yeah, but not everything. <laughs> I yeah, there's a lot of it that's sort of like it's sort of like it's on the face on the fence whether or not it's atomic punk or if it's just industrial fantasy or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think that that is just such an amazing movie. And um, it, it inspired me to read all of the books. And I never understood um, the passionate um, hatred towards the movie. Um, but it's only because it's like the people who didn't see the movie, didn't read the book first, didn't understand what was going on. Um, I, w did you happen to see the movie before or after you read the book? Yes, I've never read the book, actually, I, because I, I dislike reading uh, books with more than 10 pages. That's just something. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. You're a visual that, guy. That's all right. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I published the book. It has more pages than the 10 pages uh, I, I, I chose to read. I, I read technical manuals, but I... Uh, I, I cannot enjoy the, the joy of reading, I'm sorry. So I... I watched the film June in 1984, as yeah. I remember, in, yeah. in 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 the um, in in the cinema, and I was completely baffled by the by the story, the storyline, yeah. and 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 all the visual uh, effects I had in front of me. I was I was really off world at that. At that moment, and uh, from that moment on, I uh, I found out who was the director, etc., etc. And yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I've never read the book. Okay, all right. Because the thing is that it was it, it's um, it's one of those things. Whereas it was um, you can you can just enjoy the the book on two different levels, just on the pure aesthetic, the visual aesthetics of it all, and then there's like how it ties in, into the the actual book itself i think that's amazing how um that you've that you've never uh, read the book and you're such a fan of the movie i think that i that's i mean i'm i'm astounded i'm blown i'm blown away are there other diesel punk style movies that you look to and and just get enjoyment out of them no 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 i don't think there is one film that i like that much uh, as June. I have never seen something else which was influential on my work. Yeah, Blade Runner, but that's not that's not Dieselpunk. Um, I, I, I do like the the atmosphere of um, the films from that from that time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, the films nowadays they are way better in special effects than 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 a few years ago but uh, it's going too fast and it's um the, the the aesthetics is not that uh that that i find in in the old movies yeah i also think that there's something missing in modern movies that um peaked in the 1980s or maybe the 1990s was the use of practical effects Mm -hmm. uh, where everything um, had to be like real and live and uh, what and we're losing something with digital effects. And obviously yeah. you, you must agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yep, completely. That's why I use the real thing. I don't, I don't use Photoshop for for creating backgrounds. Now, if you were to actually talk to kids who were getting into photography, what would be the best way to start and get to the beginner level to where you are? On, on the professional level. What's your advice to kids starting out in photography? That it's not the camera, but it's you. The way you see the world around you, it's what you, uh, the camera is a tool. It's, it's, it's a tool, uh, use the tool and don't, don't start with, you have to buy um, a, a, a DSLR or whatever kind of camera or what kind of branch. The camera is a tool. Look around you, and try to frame it. Um, that that that's my initial thought. And my second thought is tr uh, try to frame it and try to look uh, like a frame. I'm scanning the world around me in in a sixteen to nine frame or in w whatever frame there is, trying to to uh, to judge if it is possible to to create the atmosphere I want. What do you have planned in the not too distant future or the, or the rest of the year? And where do you want to take your photography next? Um, I am working on a 
project for the end of April, which is um, quite extreme with, um, well, I don't want to tell much about it now, uh, but that is something I do have some, some, um, uh, some, some, way, some work uh, in front of. <laughs> um, I will visit all the fantasy festivals in the Netherlands, so I am asked to come over for uh, for Elfia in the end, also in the end of April. I'm asked to go to do something else completely different uh, for uh, being a photographer in a in a oh how do you call that? Um, I forgot the words. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to the UK once again and going to Wales with uh, with the car full with the three models, and we're going to have uh, a lot of fun over there. Uh, perhaps giving a workshop. Um, I have free entrance for the for an organization for the German festivals. Uh, so I think I will be two or three times this year in Germany, and I am working. Uh, I will finishing off my documentary. Uh, I try to make a photo documentary every year. Uh, that's something I started uh, three years ago. Um, I started a year ago uh, shooting a, a band, which yeah. play, uh, which 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 plays a kind of. Uh, Folk, funky uh, music that, uh, with Irish influences and, and bagpipes, and uh, it's yeah, I think they're very funny, and it's a good group to uh, to um, to make a documentary about it. So I asked them uh, in April or in, in January uh, 2017, is it okay if I follow you for a year? Uh, so and and they said yes. So I was with them uh, in in the in the bus driving to the gigs and and uh, with the, with the rehearsals and uh, with the backstage and and everything. So that is uh, a large project which will end. And I hope to finish this somewhere in uh, in May. And I do have a festival in September and in August, so I, I'm <laughs> quite busy. I do have a lot of uh, things, and I expect uh, a lot of good new photos because, um, yeah, with my new camera and, and uh, new lens, I think I I have really some good things extra to offer for the, especially for the trained eye. Um, I, so I'm I'm busy. I'm I'm quite busy in the in the weekends with the with the festivals and and photo editing. Yeah. So before I, I let you go, um, just let us know how how can we find you on the internet and how can we follow you on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me on my homepage initially. Uh, RuthDeKorte.com. Uh, by the way, RuthDeKorte is my name, and uh, that's why I chose Space Machine Imagery <laughs> as my uh, as my artist name because nobody can pronounce my name properly. Because <laughs> too much rolling R's in it, and it's Dutch. So okay, that's, that's the reason why I have Space Machine Imagery. If you look on Facebook, look up for Space Machine Imagery. Uh, there you will find my artist page. Um, then you can always find me up my personal page because I think I uh, I will quit uh, my my artist page on Facebook. Uh, Facebook is asking me money uh, for for uh, for publishing my work, which I think is ridiculous because my photos cost money and uh, I use Facebook yeah. for. Uh, yeah, as a social platform, and not to to, to pay. okay, but that's that's a different discussion. Um, <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I know they're always they always have their ha uh, hand out or trying to like reach into your wallet whenever you, as as soon as you have a business on Facebook, they're constantly looking for money. So yeah. I, 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 I'm with you right there. I'm with you. <laughs> um, I recently started with uh, Vero. Which is an uh, an app for your uh, Android or uh, or or uh, iPhone, 
and I can link my photos from Vero to Facebook. And I'm experimenting at, at, at this moment, but I think Vero uh, is a good uh, alternative for Facebook because it is only content aware. It's not possible to to uh, to talk some crap, but uh, <laughs> it's content aware. You have to publish a photo, you have to publish a music or a video or uh, and you can say something, uh, you can write something uh, along it, and you can publish it very easily on um, on Facebook if necessary. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and we're Twitter. Also, we're also going to have your links on on the show page on the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show and uh, the okay. Diesel Punk Podcast. Okay, okay. Uh, let me finish off with uh, Twitter. Yes, please. Uh, RDK01. That's the shortest way to find me. You know what? It's it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Um, and I, I, I pronounce your name Root. <laughs> Root. 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 Okay, there you go. I've learned something today. <laughs> and let me just say, I think that your work is amazing, and um, I'm a little flabbergasted that you wanted to do a do an interview today. I think that that's that's terrific. Um, and all I can say is is that I I expect to continue to see great work from you. And I hope that when you're done with your next project, you'll come back and tell us all about it. Okay, thank you very much for uh, for, for, for giving me a platform. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was great to be here. And um, I'm I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to, for the next time. Oh, thank that's ter that's terrific! I cannot wait. We'll always have a seat waiting for you here on on my on the podcast. Thank you. This has been the Fedora Chronicles radio show and a co-production of the Diesel Punk podcast. You can find out more about us by going to our websites, thefedorachronicles.com and dieselpunks.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can find these links on our homepages. Be sure to visit our sponsors, Chester Cordite, Landron Artifacts, and the Trinity Whip Company. Also, check out the friends of our show, Penman Hats, and Reconstructing History. Once again, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off, and keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>